My handle is Jonathan Blade. Welcome to my podcast. So it's been a while since I've recorded anything, but I've been busy, and I had topics in mind that I wanted to bring to the cast, but not enough to record any one cast, I guess. But now, I think that I'll do these topics, a collection of them, as a kind of potpourri of podcasting. So I have a few topics I'd like to talk about. We'll start with the least pleasant one first, and that least pleasant one is Louis C.K. So Louis C.K. performed recently in an impromptu uh, show at a comedy club, a small comedy club, I think 200 people, and the backlash against him, the furor that that performance generated, uh, is worth discussing, I think. Because although Michael Che's opinion on the situation in which he supports Louis C.K. doing what Louis C.K. does may be a little myopic, I kind of agree with him. Now, it would be a little bit different if uh, the things that Louis C.K. was accused of, which are disgusting, uh, if those things were of a more aggressive nature. Uh, And if you don't know, Louis C.K. has been accused of uh, being a serial uh, performance masturbator, I guess you could say. Uh, He has... He has had comedians, lady comedians, uh, in situations uh, uh, where he... I guess he gets off on masturbating in front of people. And because of his position and his power, he has put these lady comedians in, in situations where they would have to watch him masturbate, basically. Uh, I think even in, in one of those situations, uh, he, he kind of blocked the door while he was doing it, uh, while he was masturbating in front of somebody, which is super gross, and that is a whole different thing. But I believe that the main... Uh, concern, the main focus of the ire of the public is that he then affected these women's careers. They felt threatened by Louis C.K. because he did this, and they felt that he knew that if they spoke out against him that he would be in a position to use his power to uh, ruin them. Now, while this is uh, definitely true, this is how the system works and it is disgusting, I don't know that Louis C.K. ever did anything to ruin these women. Uh, He made them uncomfortable, and in the social climate in which we live, uh, a woman knows that a man in power has much more power over her life situation than he should. So I do understand that. But the balance of that is that uh, Louis C.K. is actually kind of a socially uh, conscious uh, presenter. He's uh, he does it cynically, but he's he's kind of fighting the good fight on stage. Uh, I think that he has probably been doing some personal penance uh, in what he presents on stage and the way he presents it. And he actually does the kind of comedy that would make you say, this guy probably does some pretty gross stuff. (sighs) My thing 
is that uh, I probably have some blinders on for uh, Louis C.K. because uh, I think he may be one of the greatest comics of all time. I really jibe with his material and with his presentation. He's the uh, the Einstein comic of 40-something schlubs. Uh, what he's doing on stage is really smart, but once again, it's also kind of gross, and I dig it. Uh, does that make me a terrible person? Probably a little bit. But I don't have any malice towards the world. Uh, I don't have any malice towards anybody. Uh, I really, really dislike our president, but I don't have any malice towards him. I don't want anything terrible to happen to him. I just wish he wasn't the president. And I think that Louis C.K. is also that kind of person. I don't know the man personally, so maybe he's not. Maybe he is a monster. My point is that his greater responsibility is not to us, the public. He doesn't need to make amends. He doesn't need to atone uh, to us, the public. Uh, if anything, his atonement should be to these ladies. As far as his public face, he kind of needs to keep what he's doing what he's been doing, which is to be the kind of person who is socially conscious in a public way, and he probably needs to lean into it more, uh, be more socially conscious in a more serious way. But once again, he doesn't really owe us as the public anything. And that's not to take anything away from the Me Too movement. It's, it's important. It's probably one of the most important things to happen to women since getting the vote. It's important. It's almost as important or maybe as important for women right now as the civil rights movement was for black people. Uh, because laws can change, but if something is part of your culture, if that enculturation stays static, then the laws really don't make that much of a difference because the people that enforce those laws are still uh, stuck in a mode of thinking. I guess I don't really have anything to, anywhere to go here, and I, I may be on the wrong side of this. I just think that whether Louis C.K. gets a second chance or not, he should still be able to make his art. Uh, if you want to listen to it, then you do, and if you don't, then you don't. Don't listen to him. Boycott his material. I don't really feel like he's hurting anybody to perform. This wasn't even a paid performance from my understanding. He just wanted to get on stage. Anyway, let me know what you think. Uh, now that we are past the yucky stuff, uh, there's some more pleasant uh, and more interesting to me, actually, things that I'd like to talk about. Uh, there's a new iPhone. Now, I'm no great fan of iOS, or no great fan of Apple's business model. I feel like uh, because they're going for the luxury market, which is fine, uh, that they should be a niche product. But they're not. Uh, they have, or they are the dominant force in commercial tech. And I don't think that's right, and that's not Apple's fault. That's what Apple's striving to do, and the mission accomplished. Uh, it's the consumer's fault. There are so many things, so many commercial tech companies that make fine products that don't work in the same way as Apple's or perhaps don't stand up to the quality of Apple's in, in some circumstances, in other circumstances they do, but you don't need, say, a lifestyle brand 
and it's now there's a couple reasons why I didn't start off uh, with the Apple technology I uh, was on T-Mobile when the smartphone revolution happened so I started with Android and I've stayed with Android but I'm also an IT guy and because I'm an IT guy I want to do more with my technology than uh, iOS especially will allow Anyway, Apple had their event, their yearly iPhone event, to announce new iPhones to take all your money. And the cheapest, uh, the cheapest iPhone from that announcement, and I think two years ago they, they tried to court the, the uh, consumer class with a $350 iPhone, or maybe it launched at $400, but the iPhone SE. And I was like, wow, good for Apple. And then last year they launched an iPad that was uh, on the lower end. So you still get... Apple level performance but at a more reasonable price point this year they said you know what fuck that we have you by the balls so our cheap phone is 700 I think it's 750 dollars is 750 dollars and it's not even coming out until a month after our more expensive phones come out and those phones are uh, I think the the top Price for the uh, iPhone 10s Max, which is the big one uh, with 512 gigs of internal storage, that's going to be $1,500. That is insanity. That's madness that anyone would pay that price for a piece of consumer technology. So there's a phone and it does very well for Motorola but not here but I think it's still their best-selling phone it's the Moto G line Motorola makes these uh, mid-range phones they have several lines of phones but their mid-range phone is the Moto G and as I said I think it's their best-selling uh, phone the Moto G is $250 it's, it's $299 if you if you buy it straight out from Motorola you can get it from Amazon uh, for $250 and that's the Moto G6 uh, this thing performs like a beast. It does 90% of what an iPhone would do under any given circumstance. And it's a great value. And it is not even a, a consideration here in the United States. Motorola has no cachet with the... Pardon me, with the carriers. So I don't... I think maybe Sprint has the Motorola G6... Uh, as an option but uh, there is no mid-range with the carrier carriers really I'm looking for a new phone for my son and I'm looking at the mid-range and there, there's no mid-range the way the American market works sucks and Apple is partially to blame there but more the American consumer is partially to blame there uh, the new iPhones fantastic products they're always fantastic products uh, I don't really care about any of the new features that they have to offer better camera as they do from year to year they're trying to approach the level of the uh, the Pixel line, Google's Pixel line, because that has the best camera in the industry right now. Uh, maybe they have gotten there. Maybe they've surpassed it. We'll see when it comes out. But the only thing on that phone that I care about, uh, on the new iPhones that I care about, is the new silicon. They have some cutting-edge, next-level, proprietary silicon, as they do from year to year. The, uh, the A12 chip that they have... Uh, 7 billion transistors. Uh, now to put that in perspective, that's a chip that is probably twice as big physically as the system on a chip that's in uh, most other Android smartphones. 
uh, and it has twice as many transistors because it's using the 7 nanometer process for fabrication where uh, the nearest compet uh, competitor uses a 10 nanometer fabrication for its chips. It's, uh, it's beastie and I'm curious to see where Apple goes with this technology. There's been rumors for years that Apple may be moving to their uh, proprietary ARM chips uh, that they use, the, the A12 and its ancestors and its progenitors to put in low-end MacBooks instead of Intel chips because Intel has been late to ship the technology that Apple wants. Uh, and the reduced instruction set chips that are in the iPhone are not really good for PC tasks. Uh, PC tasks are things that run uh, in a perpetual fashion and, and many tasks running side by side, which is not uh, what ARM chips are for really. They're for they're kind of for a task at a time uh, or if you're doing smaller tasks then they, they can do that very well too but there's so much overhead on what Apple's producing right now that you could probably get away with having uh, the low-end uh, laptops the MacBooks the MacBook Air uh, what have you running on uh, an Apple produced arm chip and I think that that possibility is very exciting imagine a laptop that would last on battery for 20 hours or even longer be incredible and that may be the future uh, for Apple so that's what has me excited from the newest presentation of this year's iPhone so there was yet another topic this week that caught my eye something that I'd like to talk about uh, so a little hubbub because it seems that Henry Cavill may be out as Superman. He may be done as the Man of Steel after one full appearance and two supporting appearances. That is uh, appropriate, I guess, because the vibe, the world that DC has created, or the world that Warner has created with the, its DC properties, has not really resonated with the audience. But I like Henry Cavill. I like him a lot. I just watched him in uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E. And the character he played was fine. Um, you get kind of a an omnipotent, omniscient character for a lot of that piece. You know, somebody who's too cool for the world. Uh, which is similar to what the other things I've seen him do on screen. But goddamn, he's just such a beautiful person. Like physically, uh, on screen he's quite a presence. And if you want somebody to represent your uh, omnipotent demigod, who is a cultural icon for going on, is it 70, 80 years? Then you want somebody like Henry Cavill. I can't think of anybody else who... <laughs> I know this is, uh, is kind of silly, but I can't think of any other actor who's that kind of beautiful. Um, like, Army Hammer was in this movie, Man From U.N.C.L.E. with him. And Army Hammer is kind of boring, regular dude handsome, but it's not even the same. Uh, but that's just one aspect of the character. But I, I really liked that uh, Henry got uh, what they were going for with this version of Kal-El, how alienated this, this person felt. He, he really presented that well on screen in Man of Steel. Uh, of course, it's... It's no secret that I love Man of Steel. 
But he, uh, he really pulled that off well, considering that he's probably not felt, and I don't know the man, it's just, there, there may be something uh, behind this, but I don't think that he's probably ever felt that level of alienation, because even if he were uh, an asshole, even if he were an extreme introvert, man so damn beautiful it wouldn't matter. The world would bring him on regardless. Uh, so I am a little disappointed to hear that he may be out as the Man of Steel. But I'm excited to see what they do uh, going forward regardless. I'm excited to see what Henry Cavill does going forward regardless. So I, I guess that was what was on my mind. If you would like to talk back at me, then hit me up in the Anchor app. Uh, you can leave a message or you hit me up on Twitter. I'm Jonathan Blade on Twitter. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, Jonathan Blade One, and and thanks for listening.